Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Market View. I'm Hong Bin Jung, and it's Market Wrap of the Week. And first, let's take a quick check on how the STI is faring at the moment. It looks like the STI is right on the dot on the flat line. It's at 0% at 3,186 points. Advancers, though, are leading the pack 230 to decliners at 203 after 613 million securities worth 471 million Singapore dollars changed hands so far. And now to take Take a further look at how the SDI performed in the past week. Joining me in the studio is Amelia Tan, who's a research analyst at the SGX. Amelia, welcome to the show. Hi, Hongbin. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today. Okay, so let's talk about the STI. It did open lower today, and it looks like it was bucking the regional trend. Now it's a little bit flat. How did the STI perform in the past week? It's been relatively flat today, um, mm-hmm. and in the week so far until last night's close, we saw STI gain about 0.6%. 6% in the year to date. Mm. You're right, SCI closed Thursday's session in the green, bucking the trend, despite the dip in US stocks overnight on the Wednesday session, mm-hmm. driven by a drop in US tech stocks and also the surprise interest rate hike in Canada. Mm. Asian markets were generally in the red on Thursday's session, but the SCI held up and actually gained 0.2% yesterday. Just a slight update on the STI last week. It was the quarterly review, mm-hmm. and FTSE Russell announced one change to the STI, that is Citrum will be added to the benchmark, okay. replacing Keppel DC REIT starting from 19 of June. Mm. And the STI reserve list in alphabetical order will be Capitaland Escort Trust, Fraser Centerpoint Trust, Keppel DC REIT, Olam Group, as well as Suntec REIT. I see, I see. So who were the biggest movers on the STI this week? Had a look at the numbers as of last evening. Some of the top performers that we saw on the mm. STI this week were Yang Sisiang Shipbuilding. They were up about 6 to 7%. Mm. SIA was up 6%, crossing mm. the 7 dollar mark and Jardine Matheson was also up about 2 to 3 percent. On the flip side, top decliners for the week were Genting Singapore. The stock was down about 5 percent. Mm. Fraser's Logistics and Commercial Trust was down about 4 percent and Capitaland Ascenders Reed was down about 3 percent. And Hongbin, if we look outside of the STI, mm-hmm. the top three performers for the week with companies, generally we took a look at companies with a market cap of at least 500 million dollars. Mm-hmm. They were Digital Core Reed, mm-hmm. China Aviation Oil, as well as Yenlot Land, all averaging about 11% gains. On the other hand, top three decliners for the week across the market were Cortina Holdings, iRead Global, as well as Comfort Delgro, averaging mm. about 6% declines. Mm-hmm. But from a fund flow perspective, we saw Insti Investors net sell Singapore stocks during this week. Outflows of about 21 million Sing dollars were recorded across mm. institutional investors' net sales. Some of the sectors that saw highest outflows were across financial services, banks, mm-hmm. technology, as well as industrials. And on the flip side, sectors that recorded inflows were REITs, utilities, real estate developers, consumer cyclicals, as well as energy stocks. Okay, okay. I also want to talk about Singapore Airlines as well. I've noticed that their share price, it soared one6 to a three-year high of $7 mm-hmm. yesterday, which is a figure that was last seen back in March 2020 when the pandemic started to hit the national carrier's passenger traffic. So it seems like SIA has been heavily traded this week mm-hmm. as well. Can we expect this optimism for SIA to continue? You're 
you're right. SIA has been such a flyer mm-hmm. across the last three weeks, especially after its good results that yeah. we saw on 19th of mm-hmm. May, right? I think I took a look at the stock this morning. As of this week, it's traded over 400 million mm-hmm. in terms of traded value. And you're right, the stock price hit, I think the last I saw was over $7.22. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the stock has been has seen heavy trading, about three to four times higher than its normal turnover. Mm. So just to recap, because of its news that they reported on 19th of May, SIA reported net profit mm-hmm. over $2 billion, which is more than a $3 billion swing from mm-hmm. its $962 million net loss in the previous year. Mm-hmm. SIA also announced that their average passenger load factor also reached 85% compared to just 30% a year ago. And perhaps because with the recovery of international air travel, SIA this year, what we've seen, the stock has been the third most net inflow stock this year to date within the Singapore market. Mm-hmm. SIA booked inflows of over $114 million on a year-to-date basis. And that was also after SIA was among the top 10 net inflow stocks of last year. Now, with the tourism board in Singapore expecting tourist arrivals to hit up to 14 million this year Mm -hmm. and full tourism recovery coming back on by next year, Mm. SIA says that demand for air travel continues to remain robust in the first quarter and also underpinned by the recovery in air travel in East Asia. Mm -hmm. Markets do seem optimistic about its recovery. In fact, two weeks ago, we saw the Bloomberg consensus 12-month target price Mm. at about $5.90 to $6. The 12-month target price as of last evening when I checked, it's now at about $6.20. Nomura had also recently moved its target price from $6.64 to about $7. 23 mm. and the stock is trading at about 7.22 cents as mm. of this morning session. Okay, okay. So other than SIA though, were there any specific stock movements on the STI that caught your eye this week? Definitely SIA was a notable movement this week, but actually aside from price movements mm. and the STI rebalance announcements, there have been some several key news across the STI stocks. Maybe I could touch mm. on some okay. of them. Um, Semcom Industries was one of them. They've updated on Monday about mm. the recent media reports about its potential sale of SEM waste. Mm. It actually updated that it has commenced preliminary discussions already to explore the potential divestment of its waste management business and mm. also its energy from waste plant. Their SEI, they've also announced that one of their subsidiaries has also signed a gas agreement to import natural gas coming in from Indonesia and delivery for that project is expected to commence from next year across a tenor period of about four years. Okay. This stock, SCI, was up about 2% as of last night mm-hmm. and this morning, it gained another 2.6% just this morning. Mm. Another notable development would probably be Keppel DC Reed. Mm. The Business Times have reported that one of Keppel DC Reed's customers, which is this uh, US-listed Sixterra Technologies, they filed for bankruptcy protection, mm-hmm. uh, but Keppel DC Reed said that its assets account for less than 2% of its asset under management and it has no impact on its DPU. Mm. In the same week, two other data centre-related REITs, Maple Tree Industrial Trust as mm. well as Digital Core REIT, have also issued announcements addressing respective customer bankruptcies. Maple Tree Industrial Trust said that its third largest tenant mm-hmm. has filed for bankruptcy. This tenant occupies about eight data centres across North America and contributes to about 3.2% of the REIT's monthly gross rental income. Mm. Digital Core REIT also announced that its second largest customer 
also representing about 22.4% of rent that's filed for bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. This customer actually has got six data centres representing about 26.6% of digital core REITs total portfolio value. And digital core REITs said that its DPU could fall by two US cents assuming all annual revenue were to be eliminated. Okay, okay. Lots of movement there. But I also want to discuss some of the economic data out of Singapore as well. Singapore's retail sales, that rose 3.6% year-on-year in April. What do these numbers tell you, Emilia? Of course, Singapore's retail sales grew 3.6% year-on-year in April. Mm -hmm. In fact, it extended on from the growth that it saw in March. Mm -hmm. Some of the industries that recorded the biggest growths were across food and alcohol, cosmetics and toiletries, as Mm. well as medical goods. And in fact, about 60% of the retail sales categories recorded sales gains, while Mm. 40% declined. And if we look at some of the retail sales, excluding motor vehicles, sales have actually grown grown over 14 consecutive months. Mm -hmm. Many analysts see that the growth uh, indicates that domestic demand conditions Mm -hmm. perhaps have remained somewhat healthy and also supported by the strong local market, Mm -hmm. despite the one percentage point increase in GSC this year, right? Um, And in addition to domestic demand recovery, Mm -hmm. the rise in international tourist arrivals coming back to Singapore have Mm -hmm. also supported this. Now, given the growth that we're going to be seeing with more tourist arrivals coming in, Mm -hmm. especially with Chinese tourists visiting Singapore, we could see retail activity to continue to be supported. Mm -hmm. And in fact, when we took a look at May, Retail S-REITs were among the top performers. And in fact, retail REITs were the only S-REIT subsector Mm -hmm. that averaged positive returns. And not just that, consumer cyclical stocks have also recorded net inflows over the Mm -hmm. past week at about $8 million. Okay, okay. And meanwhile, activity in Singapore, factory activity in fact, that eased for a third straight month in May due to a protracted slowdown in demand for electronic goods from major trading partners. What does this then tell us about Singapore's economy? You're right, Hongbin. Manufacturing in Singapore did ease for a third Mm -hmm. straight month from May from a slowdown in demand for electronic goods from Mm. its major trading partners. PMI, which is typically a gauge for activity in terms of in manufacturing, fell by about 0.2 points to Mm 49.5, indicating signs of a contraction. And in particular, electronics PMI fell about 0.1 point to 49.1, marking its 10th month in contraction mode Mm. as global demand for electronic goods declined overall. Mm -hmm. The Singapore Institute of Purchasing and Materials Management, they said that the outlook of global growth um, remains lackluster and Mm -hmm. the latest numbers actually show a faster contraction overall. But MTI maintained its 2023 GDP forecast Mm -hmm. to about 0.5 to 2.5% and they noted that growth was likely to come in at around the midpoint of the range amid risks of a longer electronic sector Mm -hmm. down cycle and weaker global demand, especially in advanced economies like the US and the EU that are all major trading partners Mm -hmm. of us. Enterprise Sync, they've also expected that the Singapore exports will shrink by about 8 to 10 times in 2023. Mm -hmm. But most manufacturers generally in Singapore are quite hopeful with China's reopening and they think that it could provide a boost to the sector in the coming months. That's some good news there, right? But looking ahead next week, I think the biggest focus is the US Fed and they're set to make their next interest rate decision. What are you expecting, Emilia? Do you think that they're going for another rate hike or a pause? All eyes on this, right? And you're right, monetary 
higher policy has been taking the centre stage yet again as markets look towards mm-hmm. the FOMC meeting next week. We took a look at the CME Fed Watch tool as of last night. Mm-hmm. The probability of a no change on the target rate was around 72.5%. Okay. And in fact, this number was higher than the 60% mm-hmm. no change that we saw earlier on, indicating that maybe markets are leaning towards a pause. And in mm-hmm. fact, if you saw US stocks last night, they've gained, right? right. Um, perhaps also a consensus view that a rate hike next week is unlikely. Mm. Asian markets also generally track the overnight gains. Um, And according to Reuters, a third of economists are expecting maybe not so much June, Mm -hmm. but at least one more rate hike later on this year. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, Asian markets, regional markets today, they are largely higher with that optimism that the Fed might just pause in their next meeting. But yesterday, they were largely lower after Canada and Australia's central banks. They surprised markets with another hike, leading to the question on whether, you know, will the U.S. Fed do the same? So if the U.S. Fed does opt for another hike, how do you think markets will react? I mean, after all, the Australian and Canadian central banks had opted to pause earlier this year, Mm -hmm. and the market generally did not expect them to further raise rates. So the move this week was definitely quite unexpected. And seeing the probability of uh, no change at Mm -hmm. 72.5% pause, markets could react once more if there's another surprise. After the surprise hikes that we saw in Australia and Canada, Mm -hmm. the US 10-year Treasury yields was back again at about 3.8% as traders price in a rate hike in May. Mm -hmm. Some of the US data earlier this week on jobs data was better than expected. Mm -hmm. But one of the key data points, which is the US inflation data that's due to release next week ahead of the FOMC meeting is going to be very pivotal to the Fed's decision Uh on the rate hike or not and we'll be watching it very, very closely. I would assume. But will the US Fed's next policy decision have an impact on our MAS's policy as well? It's a very, very good question. Markets and investors will definitely be looking out for any indication Mm -hmm. right, from the FOMC meeting next week. But if you recall back in April earlier this year, MAS actually made no change to our monetary Mm. policy and it was the first time that MAS had actually left it unchanged in 18 months and that's after five consecutive tightening moves since Mm -hmm. October 2021 (laughs) and analysts at that time they were expecting some form of tightening Uh right and the dovish policy stance was supposed to reduce imported inflation and help Mm -hmm. to curb domestic demand now MES core inflation is expected to average at around Mm 2.5% by the end of 2023 and the policy stance of the MES early in April was after MES had assessed that the current appreciating path of the policy band is Mm -hmm. sufficiently tight Mm. and will help to secure uh, secure medium price term stability. But Mm. that being said, we definitely look forward to the next policy statement that's coming out in October. Well, before we let you go, Amelia, other than the US Fed's policy Mm -hmm. decision, what else should investors look out for next week? Markets are waiting for quite a bit of key news next week. There's the US Consumer Price Index uh-huh. that will be released on 13 of June, which mm. is one of the key indicators determining the US Fed's decision on the 15 of June. US retail sales will also come in on the same day on the 15th. Mm-hmm. And back into the Singapore market, Singapore exports data is due to publish next Friday, 16 June. So okay. keep a watch out. Another happy week it is. Well, thank you so much, Amelia, for joining me today. Thank you, Hongbin. Thank you. We've been speaking with Amelia Tan, who is the research analyst at the SGX. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.